Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Steven Universe, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Beatriz Murad. Hello! And Harun Muse. What's up? Today we are discussing Escapism, the latest episode of Steven Universe. Uh, we previously discussed it at Overly Animated. We gave uh, immediate reactions after it aired on Monday. You can find that at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to our Steven Universe feed at iTunes uh, at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. And wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings or reviews or comments you want to leave us. And today we'll be getting into the, some of the comments that you've left us in the past couple of days. Uh, also, uh, some of us have had more time to deal with <laughs> with escapism to let it settle in our minds for a little bit. So before we get deeper into comments, I guess we'll talk a little bit about initial thoughts w- with the episode. Um, Beatrice, uh, you, you watched the episode recently. How, how did you feel in general about it? I... I, I, I don't know what the, the consensus is with everybody, but I enjoyed it because I, because I, I basically watched that and the previous episode together in one go. And I just, I always like when episodes play with sound and like prevent people from actually having dialogue. I always let, enjoy that. And they did it in the beginning of the fir- in, of the previous episode. And then with this one, we see a lot more of them kind of playing with that shirt. It's just grunting, but. I like when <laughs> writers do that, when they're like, let's take away one of the key ways to get our thoughts across and let's see what we do. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was like a nice little breather. Um, is it, does it push the plot forward? No. Is this something we, we would more off, we would most likely see in earlier Steven Universe episodes? Probably, except for the ending. Probably. But, um, I, I, I had a good time. Okay, okay, so that's a fairly positive take. Uh, Haroon, how, how did you feel about the episode? Like what Beatrice mentioned before, I felt like this was like a calm, relaxed, nonchalant, breather episode where not many, not much lore or plot-heavy stuff happens, but it was just like amazing to watch, especially since we finally got the song Escapism in almost like a year and a half, which was like released back in like 2017, which is crazy. But, yeah. Yeah, that definitely was floating around for a long time, but it seems you also enjoyed the slower pace of it. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. if, if you listen to the original podcast, you probably heard that I was a bit frustrated with the episode initially. Um, may, maybe exasperated by the a- atmosphere of just being around the internet, which was reacting very harshly to the episode. I think now that I have, I've had a couple of days to, to sleep on it, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the place where, like, it's not, it's not as good as the most recent episodes have been, but it's not the end of the world. Like, I do think that people have gone all the way on the other end of overreaction, that this is, like, one of the worst episodes of the show, and I just don't want to dive into into that side of things. Not and another Rocknaldo, no. Yeah, it's very similar to that kind of, that kind of thing, and I, I think we'll probably talk a little bit about breather episodes in general in Steven Universe, because I feel like this, this kind of reaction has happened before in the fandom, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that going through some of these, uh, some of these comments. Um, Beatrice mentioned something about the, the use of silence and of sound 
in this episode. And that goes with uh, one comment we have here from OverlyAnimated.com. You can comment directly on our site if you're interested in doing that. Um, Steve, who is, has appeared on podcasts before with us, uh, he, he said, uh, I think this episode is underappreciated. I think this episode is freaking awesome. Uh, hot take, this episode might be better than Together Alone. Uh, I was watching an old silent cartoon from the 1920s the other day, and this episode does feel like a love letter to the really old school cartoons. Um, Beatrice, this goes a little bit in line with what you were saying with the sound stuff. Do you want to like, elaborate on some stuff that stood out to you in terms of like the sound design of this episode? I mean, first, I just want to, like, ask Steve, like, what cartoon were you watching? Because yeah, I want to watch it. <laughs> old silent but, cartoon from the 1920s. That's, is, that's just as, so nonchalant. Like a 1920s is that like a Looney Tunes cartoon, cartoon or something? Or? <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, which one? I want to know. Um, I I don't know. I just think, um, especially with the – I mean, not necessarily I, – I mean, I'm not uh, very uh, – I don't have much expertise with sound. If it sounds nice, I like it. That's usually how it goes with me. But um, for me, I just think that it – I kind of disagree. I just think sometimes people take sound for granted, and then they I, – I like when there is kind of a – when writers take oh, – I, I kind of already – this is kind of me just saying the same thing again, but I just – I like when writers kind of challenge themselves and go, like, okay, in this one we will – take away something that is taken for granted. We'll take it away and see how we can still tell a story. And um, I think for me, the most powerful moment of the episode was at the end when you, when you, when Steven comes, arrives and sees like with uh, online and sees his dad and he doesn't have an arm or a leg and his dad, you can, you can read the lips, which is so unique for animation. Cause usually with animation, like the mouth moves and, I, I oftentimes, like, you don't really read the lips. It just moves up and down. It's fine. It matches it. But, it, but the fact that I still could read the lips just is a testament to the animation, a testament to how they, to like us knowing the characters and being so confident in understanding the characters that we know what they would say in these situations. Um, and I don't know. I just think it was very powerful. And I could, like, even though Greg didn't say anything, I could hear him say it. So, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just, I just think it, I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, I haven't had a chance to listen to your podcast, but so I want to like talk about this like negative reaction. What are you guys talking about? Okay. <laughs> well, well, um, be- before we get into that, Haroon, how, how did you feel about the whole not like the episode, just a lot of, a lot of it being not talking at all? Like, were you, um, were you enjoying it? Were you confused by it? How, how did you feel going through that? Because I think that was an experience for all of us diving back into the Watermelon Stevens again. Yeah, like, honestly, I had no problem with, like, any dialogue in this episode. Like, I can't, like, you could tell, you could read the lips of what the characters were saying, like, with Bisminus and Greg, but, like, I just really was not interested in the Watermelons, like, or them, like, returning back from, like, season three. I just wasn't interested in any of that, but I found it really amusing, but, like, in a way, I feel like give props to the writers because they managed to pull it off where you didn't have to, like, have any lines or anything for the characters just to perform the way they did today, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I want to bring up in, in regards to the negative reaction, some of that does have to do with the nature of this episode, which is a, a lot of it is... Right? So it's like, yeah. it, that, that does... Yeah. I, I, 
I think that understandably frustrates some people watching a lot of that. And I think by the end of the episode, on the first watch, I got to that point too, where it's beginning to be a little irritating. Also, in the pet, there has been some discussion of, especially the ending scene where it's meant to be like a very swelling emotional thing, right? With escapism playing in the background as Steve and the dying watermelon is asking for backup from Bismuth and Greg. Uh, some people were, were saying that that grouping of the song alongside the scene was a bit conflicting and they didn't exactly blend together. And I definitely got, got that on second watch. Like I was trying to focus on what the song was saying, like how I was relating to what was going on. It was just kind of difficult to balance both things like the song and the, the the scene going on especially in contrast with something like familiar which we just had two episodes ago which i think did a lot better in blending its song with what was going on in terms of the actual episode so since those episodes were so close together i think that 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 definitely it adds to the contrast of how this scene played out and its usage of music uh, i don't know if you guys agree or, or disagree with how escapism was used here I mean, I mean, here's the thing, though, with Familiar, it was a musical sequence, like, within it, like, it's not, it wasn't used as kind of, like, it wasn't, like, for, in Escapism, it wasn't Stevani singing a song and doing a number and doing a thing. It was her, because I'm assuming that was A.J. Mashaka singing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it's just, it was just a song playing at, for mood, really, than anything else. So you, I, I don't think it's a fair comparison to compare a song that was, that was meant to be sung within the sequence and not just there for this, for mood, for that, for the sake of mood. It's one thing to find it jarring because the lyrics don't fit, because that, that happens sometimes when people put the song in, because maybe it sounds nice, the melody's there and it works, but maybe the lyrics don't necessarily clash with what's happening. But um, to compare it to familiar or something like that, I don't think is fair. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a and that's an interesting point to make. Like it serves as mood music, and I guess that also co- comes into play the fact that we had this song for so long. So that the part of it is the the hype that the fandom gave. Like, okay, this sounds like an important, meaningful song for for year. I think almost over a year, it had been theorized like maybe Pink Diamond sings it about wanting to leave the homeworld society, or maybe Lapis sings it at some point. But like in the end, it just it it, it almost comes off as just literally Stevani singing about wanting to get out of prison. And so when in your head you, you've like devised all these like oh this song could be very meaningful in the show and then it ends up being used like that so that also I think contributed to the negative reaction whereas as you mentioned using it as a mood thing in the episode that's a perfectly fine reason to add a song but expectations are a hell of a drug in this case yeah and I will say yeah. like I I had no idea it was like real had been released like I had this me watching the episode was like the first time you, you, you I were pure <laughs> so not that, I don't know I'm just saying like so maybe expectations do come into play because I was like ooh, this is such a nice like lovely song and then yeah, I had like this complete theory about who was going to sing Escapism. Like everyone thought it would be either be like either like Homer Pearl or like Lapis singing. Nusk broke out saying that it might be Stevani. Everyone, even like maybe even on the subreddit or even on Tumblr, theorized that it would probably be Stevani going back to the Pink Diamond flashback where they're singing Escapism, but it never really came out that way. It was just more like a background. 
song, which I feel like what you mentioned before was what added to the negative impression from this episode today. Mm-hmm. But I, I think uh, it is wor- worth uh, pointing out that like escapism on its own is a beautiful song, and I do- don't yeah, think that it it's really inclusion- is. Its inclusion in this episode shouldn't harm the fact that, like, it's still a great song. Even as Steven Universe has had many songs, but I still think that, like, if you want to argue for this being a top ten song or top five song in the show, I think you'd be within your rights to do it because it is well done. Uh, I, I do especially like, while we're still on the topic of sound design, uh, when Steven is in the wa- in the water, just floating in the ocean, that's when Greg's guitar is beginning to go. Yeah, and so, like, yeah. like th- that that build up of Greg's guitar, like yeah. the the sad music, like that's also pretty great as an intro to the rest of the song later. So I I just really enjoyed that that little piece of uh, co- combination of music and what's going on on the screen too. Probably. Now, over on YouTube, we have other comments going on, and this is a little bit more of, I guess, a more broad description of what many fans thought of when they initially watched this. Uh, Yin and Yang's comment reads, My main takeaway is just, why did I need to watch this? Steven's powers are already so loosely defined, I didn't need them to take the most roundabout of ways and have this entire watermelon set up. Knowing how the show is, I'm willing to believe that everything that happens is a metaphor for sh- or foreshadowing for something related to Stephen's current issues. And while that is interesting in its own right, filling an entire episode with symbolism rather than actual substance made for a frustratingly slow watch. That said, the song was great and Stephen sleeping on Connie's lap was very cute. Also, Stevani falling from the window in the beginning of the episode didn't make sense since they can just float. So th- okay, there's, there's so a bit this, to unpack there. <laughs> so this yeah. is going to be like an escapism, like defense podcast is what you're telling me. <laughs> I, I, I think that's where we're headed. Although the, there are positive comments I've put in the back. but <laughs> Okay, okay. But yeah. uh, d- d- defend, <laughs> defend escapism from this interpretation of why does this episode exist in this uh, like action-y arc that we've been going through? What, what is its purpose? Because this isn't symbolism without substance. The substance is everything that has been leading up to this moment. Stephen can't speak in the... Oh, sorry. I hit my mic. <laughs> Stephen can't speak in... I'm getting excited. Stephen can't speak. He No one's listening to him. He feels incapable. He feels immobile. He doesn't have the, his hands. Like He can't reach the people he needs to reach. This is all basically the the visual representation of the helplessness he feels on Homeworld and everything that's been leading up to this point, that he he brings people together. That's his strength, and that's what gets him from 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 the islands back home to Beach City. But that that's the whole point. This is all like emotional, like stress and anxiety that Stephen has been feeling and inter- and has internalized. Is it would it, I would I say is it self indulgent? Because do we necessarily need an entire episode? Maybe, but I mean I think that's what's so nice about that's what's so refreshing about steven universe is that it can take an episode to be self-indulgent you know it's it it allows itself this it's earned its right as a great show to allow itself to take time to really sink into the symbolism and sink into a character and and explore it and maybe it's not in the way that a lot of people liked but to say it's without substance is absurd because that means that people are just completely blind and short-sighted by everything else that's happening all right (laughs) Uh, right that, that that is pretty strong and i will say like 
I, I, I am guilty of this because at the at, uh, initial watch, I was like, oh, okay, try to explain symbolism to me, but it just, it doesn't fit with the watermelons. The watermelon, like, I couldn't get past the fact that we were using the watermelons. And so I, I was part of the whole, I'm kind of blind to all this stuff going on in the background. But yeah, after thinking it through and also reading other people's more measured uh, thoughts on the matter, uh, it, it, you you make a good point, Beatrice, that th- this is also a place where we're focusing in on Stephen's character going into rock bottom. Sort of like it, at the beginning of this episode, Stephen is expressing his doubts to Connie, right? Like we, we shouldn't have done this. So why am I even doing this? Uh, I'm useless here. And then he goes to the watermelon where he it feels even more helpless because he can't even build a boat by himself. He ends up shaking his head at the tribalism of the warrior diamonds and the uh, the pacifist uh, watermelons. Uh, similarly to how he also feels like his efforts to bring the diamonds and the gems together isn't working. So like th- there is a lot of mirroring going on between how Steven interacts with the watermelons and how Steven is is currently in a hole with the diamonds right now. I guess the, the the problem ends up being that be, due to the lack of dialogue, you do have to focus a lot on the imagery side of things. And when you're distracted by, hey, these are wa- watermelon Steven is back, sometimes that does take a little bit to get past. But I definitely do think that this episode has helped a lot if you consider it in that light of this being another Steven's character episode. And the fact that this is a quite similar positioning to um, another episode that did cause a little bit of problems in the past with Adventures in Light Distortion, if you guys remember that that episode where that yeah. happened before the the zoo arc, and we were like, hey, we're going to, to space finally, and then we just spend this episode in a ship, kind of mostly humor, but then at the end we get into, like, Steven also, like, letting out his emotions in, in like, uh, helplessness as well. And so, like, that kind of episode feels like it needs to happen before these big moments in order to set up Steven breaking through. And so I, I think that that's important for a character, and it's in a similar place here and a similar theme as well. So I think that that is an important thing to take away from escapism. That at the end of the day, this is Steven Universe, so we're we're giving focus back to to Steven and where he is mentally. And like, let it be known, we're getting a 44 minute special with within two weeks, so not every episode can always be action packed. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy too. Like when we think about the context of this, like we've been on like such a, a run of episodes of stuff happening from uh, uh, probably updating all the way back to the beginning to um, a single pale rose, and then from there we've just had stuff happening, new characters added, like for maybe ten episodes in a row until we hit escapism, where we finally go back to old friends in our watermelons and something a lot more low-key than we've been having in these past couple of episodes so uh, while people are disappointed that the run doesn't keep going in terms of like even more new stuff but at the same time it, it probably ends up being necessary in the grand scheme of the story and uh, it will and i will say um um that i mean if you just compare steven of now, because this is kind of like, this is, this would be like an adventure from like first season. You would, you, you could say that he would find, that Steven would find himself in. And the fact that Steven not once gets distracted 
He always is wanting to get home. He's focused. He wants to, he has people he has to save. He has his goal. He even like just starts crying because no one's helping him and he's like gets desperate. The fact that and it shows that he's willing to lose an arm and a leg to save the people and he, that he loves. Like that to me shows so much growth from Steven. And I just think people are not giving the watermelon people enough credit. <laughs> what I have to say. I also want to add that. What I also enjoyed in the beginning of the episode is that we get the Connie and Steven interaction, which has really been awesome this past season because we've been really getting this role reversal with, with one another. Like here we have like Connie in this episode cheering up Steven. She's not sad that they're trapped in a dungeon and that they have no way of escaping. All their comrades and friends are, are poofed. She's just being happy and trying to stay positive for Steven. And here it's just like the role reversal we had for like last season where Steven was the one that was always pushing Connie to, to do things. And here we have Connie doing it now, this season. Just as we d- we saw in the last episode where she was encouraging him to dance in, in their fusion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Compar- comparing the Connie-Steven uh, relationship to where it is now, like it is definitely uh, quite a trip. And especially in the light of this entire episode, which is showing how Steven has really got gone in a, a back to his dark mental place of not really thinking that he can change things and Connie's there to be the grounding influence so that that is very different from how it, how it used to be so yeah Con- Connie and Steven I, I have expressed their cuteness in the past and they continue to be cute here, here in this episode <laughs> and mature um, mature and healthy he- healthy relationship when one needs when one needs to be the anchor they will be the anchor like yeah. I just love them yeah they're great <laughs> That's something you need in animation now nowadays. Yeah. Um. Now we can go a little bit into the into the lighter stuff. Um. Well, I guess we'll we'll stick to YouTube. There's another uh, comment here from Heth Marie who uh, posits uh, a different per- reason, perhaps, for this episode. Uh, she she mentions, uh, I think the show wants us to remember that Stephen created sentient life on Earth before knowing he was a diamond. I think the revelation of Steven to Homeworld is that gems can stop fighting organic life because they are compatible. He literally proves this. So I have seen some sentiment like this elsewhere that maybe this episode is also there to remind us that Steven has already done the creation of organic life. And that somehow that will play into the finale. There are various theories floating around. I don't know how you guys feel about the, the idea of uh, it, will will Steven being able to bring stuff to life come back in the finale? Do you guys? Well, think? yeah. Well, I feel like this. What this show really does is that they always they're always known for foreshadowing things ahead of time. Like we've had, I, which is kind of ridiculous. That one episode where Sapphire was like, "Wait, Ruby's gonna Ruby's gonna be a cowboy," and she started crying. And then next up episode, <laughs> we got the question, and Ruby's a cowboy. Yeah, that was one so, of the more obvious moments, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm, it's called Battle of Heart and Mind, and I feel like one of Str- Stephen Strong's powers is his mind, his telepathy power, and his astral projection. So that might come to play in the special. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be- Beatrice, any thoughts on how Stephen's powers might uh, come into play in the finale? I mean, they're definitely going to come into play. How? I just Stephen has so many powers now that it's like. I don't like there are a million ways this episode can go. This finale can go because they're like, like, I don't know. Is, is, is Lars going to come back? And is it going to be like, surprise? Like we can, we can like, 
I can bring people back to life or is it going to be, I don't know, he's going to astral project and then somehow do some fancy thing. And then I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to like get into the mind of white diamond? Who knows? Like I, you know, like there's like a lot that can be done. So, um, I, I'm sure that that's that he, his powers are definitely going to be involved in how uh, is anyone's guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe and, he might have the power to create a new reality, I guess, or so. Okay, just, I mean, I don't uh, think he's Scarlet Witch. I don't think he's Scarlet Witch, but that would be. He brought really someone cool. back to life. That's just true, so ridiculous. True, true, but I don't know if he can create an entire alternate reality where everything's fine again. I, yeah, I, I'm that I wouldn't stuff. like. That I'm just throwing like. stuff. Yeah. Do we go down the path of figuring out which gem represents which Marvel character? Oh my god, I would be so down. <laughs> So Garnet, uh, she sees the future, so she's like Doctor Strange. Uh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. And then Amethyst is a shapeshifter, so Dylan's she... gonna kill us. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've been <laughs> serious for like twenty twenty minutes so far. Right, so yeah, exactly. I think we're allowed one tangent here. Amethyst <laughs> was mystique. <laughs> yeah, but she's purple oh. though. That's okay. Purple, blue. It's within the same spectrum. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I accept this. <laughs> and uh, Pearl, we need someone who's neurotic, but also like able to keep uh, keep themselves together in a fight. Uh, uh, who, who's the most? <laughs> uh, it's a bad throw. I was like, she's Wolverine because he <laughs> has like a spear. She has a spear. He has like claws. It works. Well, Wolverine without as much confidence, I guess. Yeah, yeah so more neurotic, too. all that stuff. I don't One know. of the pr- t- things about Pearl is her intelligence, so. Dude, mm. Black Widow! Because, like, uh, yeah, the ballet, yeah. the dancing. Yeah. yeah. There it is. There yeah, it is. Okay. So there we go. We we have cast the What If Marvel and Steve, uh, Steven Universe crossover. Good and then us. Steven would just be Captain America with exactly. the shield. Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. exactly. Well, yeah, that's the easiest one. <laughs> And then which, which one is Thanos? Is it White Diamond or Yellow Diamond or their combination? No, it's White. It's yeah, white. I feel like it's White. Yeah. Thanos has to be. So well, hopefully we, we get to see the snap in at minute 33 of the Nuts finale. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, another, uh, another comment down this path of this potentially foreshadowing something for the future uh eggman on over the animated.com uh they commented i think this episode was a good reminder that the homeworld visit was for earth specifically to heal the corrupted gems there uh maybe it could it, it could have been done better but i was really impressed with the organic colorful visuals of the island and how that contrasted so heavily with the sharp angled monotone homeworld even the music was noticeably more human there was a specific emphasis on acoustics in this episode so uh f- first uh, c- going down the path of the the music since we already touched a little bit on that but i do agree with this that we've been in homeworld for like three episodes we've gotten a bunch of weird gems and weird music going on so just going back to like like the little island music they got going on and then the guitar stuff like that that was all very peaceful so i, I guess in that sense it is a stronger contrast um but but uh, going back down back into this potentially foreshadowing stuff at the beginning of this episode Connie does have to lay out against Steven like hey we're here for earth for the corrupted gems so it's interesting that so far in this arc we uh, that's kind of been left by the wayside since we've been focusing more on just getting close to the diamonds first before we really get into any like earth demands 
But I, I just wonder how you guys feel about uh, about that exchange of uh, Connie having to kind of remind Stephen of of their purpose there on Homeworld, or how that fits into Stephen's character in this arc. Well, like I feel like Stephen, Stephen, he knew what, what their mission was. He was just doubting himself at the time because one of Stephen's biggest insecurities is that he always tries his best and he just never gives it all up. That's just how he was just feeling down at the moment. Connie was there just to reassure him. So I, I don't really think he forgot it was meant to be a real mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beatrice, any thoughts on how, how this fits into Steven's characters in this arc? I mean, I think Steven is one of Steven's strengths and flaws is that he wants to fix everything. And he, he sees, he sees a, a bird with a broken wing and wants to heal it, you know? So when he came to Homeworld and he's like, oh, like all these, he, he sees like how these people haven't grieved really properly for Pink Diamond and all this stuff. He sees all the stuff that's wrong and he's trying to fix things for Earth and he's, he's focused. But, um, I think him failing and him like not getting it, I think Connie reminding him like, look, we're here for Earth. Like, don't, um, don't worry. Like, you know, we, again, we were there for like three episodes and in a lot of them, he hasn't had really a chance to, 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 um, to, it's just been a lot of diamond and gem stuff. So I think Connie, like being there and reassuring him, like, look, we're here for earth. Like that, all that stuff that they're dealing with all this politics, like it's like, this is our mission. Like, so for her to like be that compass for him, I think, um, it's just, if anything, it's just to recenter him. And I think not only with her saying that, but by him going back to Earth, um, I think that's going to help boost him up in a way that, um, um, that just, I don't know, that, that I, th- I, th- I think he needed. And it just kind of goes to show that even just with the music, right? Like on, on Earth, it's all calm and it's, it's soothing. Whereas in, on the gem world, it is foreign. It's different. So, um, so for him to like to find to kind of re uh, what's that word not regenerate uh to kind of recharge yeah by going yeah. back home by by having Connie tell, reminding him of what's important I think that just that I, that's what what I think that had to do with in terms of his character and I think I, I just think that by that point Stephen was just feeling lost and Connie and Dad eventually went on just kind of re like just set the course right again. Just like imagine him going to Hormo without Connie, but just with the gems. Like I would not just picture that. He would just be self-doubting himself. Yeah, like he needed. He needs that human element there as well. Because yeah. I, like I, I, like I think a lot of times, sometimes the gems can overpower him, and or like his gem side and the gem lore and the gem history and all the things that are happening in the gem world and things our gems are doing can sometimes overpower him. So I think. Having his human side and his his human best friend question mark I don't know where they are in their relationship I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. Um, yeah. Like I think that being the what grounds him is what sets Steven apart from all the other gems of, as as always and that's what that's why his creations like the Watermen people um, are even if they are at war with themselves, like they are thriving and they're not killing anything. They're, th- they're living and they're prosperous in, the, in that sense. 
Yeah, and the, the, this arc has used a lot of symbolism, not only in this episode, but in, in previous ones. Uh, one that sticks out to me, familiar, that episode begins with a, a kind of a nightmare sequence where Steven begins vomiting out rose hair in front of yeah. White Diamond. And yeah. now that now we've seen the rest of this arc flow out, the interpretation of Steve, Steven perhaps letting the gem side dominate his actions on Homeworld and not letting the human side do things like that, that kind of fits into one of the uh, early interpretations of that. Like Steven was just letting the Rose side of him do too much. So I, 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 li- I like being able to connect early symbolism to what's, uh, what's now happened now that we're a couple of episodes into the, into the story here. Yeah. I mean, we're witnessing him trying to like pretend like he's his own mother. He has his, he has her attire he has her pebbles, and he's trying to like just impersonate her as Pink Diamond when he should just be acting like himself. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's probably what we're building up to in this finale. That at some point, it's like no, no more. Stop calling me Pink. I guess or something yeah. along those lines. But um, yeah, with that, I think we will uh, enter the final comment, which I think will have the most for us to talk about. Um, Steven LP on Discord. By the way, you can join us on Discord at overlyanimated.com slash Discord if you want to talk to us directly, uh, chat with us about Steven Universe or the various shows. But there we, we chatted a little bit after the episode aired, and uh, this exchange happened where Steven LP wrote, Who inhabits Watermelon Steve when Steve is not doing so? Are their consciousness temporarily pushed out returning when Steven departs? If so, in this case, one moment they're happily walking about on a watermelon island, next moment they're staring at three strangers on a foreign beach, dehydrated, dying, and missing an arm and a leg, at which point they probably start screaming. And then Phoenician responds, yeah, if those watermelon people are sapient, then this play by Steven is very morally questionable. So, yeah, yeah, so let's talk about this. Once Steven leaves that watermelon, is he dead? Does the watermelon Steven come back and see himself dying? What, what went on once Steven left his watermelon body? I feel like Lion just ate him. (laughs) That was dark. (laughs) Oh no. Um, uh, that I mean, I I'd like to think that I'd like to think that the next episode or special whatever that we get when they come back to Earth, you'll see this little you'll see this little watermelon that's maybe a little soggy, but is using like a little crane or some cane or something, and it's fine, <laughs> and it's it's all good. Or it went back to its island, and we'll just have a, like a very quick shot of it, and then that's the end. But um, but no, they're right. It is kind of morally questionable to take control of a senti of a life, and I don't know what happens to it. Um, I'm assuming that it was in a way kind of pushed out or went to sleep or whatever, and then wakes up on a beach. But you know, maybe like when Steven closes his eyes, the being dies. Like that's what I assume that the being died, but Steven went back. Which is still like, more, yeah. it's still morally que- questionable because <laughs> essentially Steven like killed the thing the second that he took control of it. Like that's what it was destined to be. Just this vessel that was just going to die the second Steven left. So yeah, it's not, it's not great. I'm still rooting for the quick shot of them <laughs> later. Happy <laughs> island and safe. I- I'm glad you're optimistic about this. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I, I'm on the side of, yeah, that watermelon died pretty much as soon as, as Steven left his, uh, that melon's, uh, vessel. Uh, he may have had a brief shot of just, hey, these aren't people I recognize. And then he just went to rot in the, in the beach sun. But if they stay alive, would Bismuth putting the watermelon in a refrigerator work? Or at at that point, is the watermelon just too far gone? Because uh, I feel like with fruits, you get to a point where, like, once they've been out too long, like, even if you put them in the fridge, when you take them back out, they're still not really edible anymore. So what what is the watermelon even too far gone at this point? I don't think so, because, like, he's just missing a leg and an arm out. He's still functioning like a watermelon. Functioning and, like a watermelon, okay. And look, yeah. and I, I, I wouldn't get too crazy deep into the physiology of these watermelons, because if you remember when Steven, as the watermelon, was like pelting seeds at the at the boat's um <laughs> sail to make it move, that was like an endless supply of seeds. Like at one point, they have to disappear. They they have to run out if we were actually going to be very nitpicky about the physiology. So I think. It's, it's, I think it's fine. Or, hey, look, we don't know the lifespan of these watermelons. You know, we don't know these watermelon people. We don't know how long they last. Maybe they're like flies and they only live like a couple days. <laughs> so, like, maybe the thing was like already on its way out. So, who knows? <laughs> that, that, that's a way to justify it. Like, yeah, this watermelon was old anyway. So, I'm we'll just, just saying, occupy yeah. this one. It served I mean- a grander purpose. I mean, in the first, their first appearance in the episodes back in season one, we had like, thousands of them getting killed and killing like one another so yeah 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 and i guess the the ones that we see here in this society are they the same watermelons that we saw in super watermelon island or are we already on a a totally different generation of melons i mean it might be different generation but i think it's still the same island well it's still the same island but i mean like are these the same melons is what i'm asking that is a very good question yeah food for thought yeah (laughs) but i'm the the, the the religion, though, is interesting because that seems to have survived, but it's split into two branches, similar to how civilization works, right? Like somebody yeah. invents Christianity and goes, hey, I believe in this kind of Christianity. And then the other person goes, no, I want this kind. And so we, we've seen religion begin to develop. Um, if you were a melon, would you prefer to be on the pacifist side or the warrior side? Hmm. I mean, like, I would hope I was in the pacifist side. Would I be though? That is the question. Hmm. So you don't you don't trust yourself enough to. I don't know. I'm just like look like I listen. I just took a BuzzFeed quiz and got a Dora, which means I'm like a soldier. <laughs> but also, I would like to be pacifist. Like I have morals, so it's like I don't know where I would fall. BuzzFeed make the quiz is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, Haroon, do, do you have thoughts on which religion you would subscribe to? Like Beatrice mentioned, yeah, you ha- I have morals too. I'm a, I'm a human, actual human being with common decency, so I'd probably be a pacifist. So. I'm not just going to straight up and just kill people for no reasons or like go into battle. <laughs> Now, it, it's interesting though, because although these are, they, they fashion themselves as warrior melons, but they threaten them with the spears without ever really like doing damage to them. So I also wonder if this is all just like a facade, like they pretend to be violent to keep people away, but they would never actually kill someone. I, I wonder like what their, what their limits are. Like melons, melons and morals. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, we uh, from the ticker, we have a final late entry here uh, from Tumblr. Um, Latte Fots 3 um, sent in a uh, feedback in the middle of our recording here. Um, he mentioned that the mind plane, I don't know what else to call it, was the white diamond background. And I think that represents a mental link between white diamond and every gem in Homeworld. And this is how she knows Steven escaped the tower and he sent for backup. So, uh, th- th- that's a, a late theory to come in here. I, uh, I don't know if you guys are interested in thinking about how Steven's powers may have accidentally activated a link to White Diamond. I think we saw earlier back in, uh, Together Alone, where he had that dream where he was coughing up Rose's hair. We saw a White Diamond in that, in his dream. So I feel like in a way, him and, him, the, both diamonds share a connection with one another. So yeah. Yeah, I'd buy, I'd buy the, the, I, I'd buy a link between him and White Diamond. And the thing is, I still very much believe that White Diamond, there's something off about White Diamond in terms of just their, her mental stability. Um, I don't know, like, there's just something about that smile, even with her pearl. There's just something about it that creeps me out. So maybe it just got to the point where, if she is connected to like all the gems or all the diamonds or whatever, maybe, you know, something, it'd be aimed too much and then it broke her or something. I, mean, I don't know, but I, I would, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. The fact that she managed to like change her Pearl's appearance and her, her voice, you can tell she has mind ability. So, but at the same time, we just know, we don't know that much about her. All we hear, just getting uh, information from characters about what she's like. So, yeah, and like the the theory is that it's like mind control with Pearl, but like who knows if the, this the diamonds also have like physical capabilities to change the gems too. Like we still need to get that sorted out as well. So uh, I, there's a lot of stuff that with White Diamond we don't know, and so I think that something like that where Stephen's powers somehow connect to White Diamond, I think that that is in play just because at the end of the day they're both diamonds. So like the, that that in that sense it sort of makes sense. But, I, have a, uh, I, have, I have a question. Um, yeah. Are we like, is, has it, it's been confirmed, right? That Pearl was like Pink's like actual like Pearl from forever, right? Has that been uh, confirmed or no? Uh, I think someone mentioned in Joe Johnson, the supervising director's Tumblr saying that she was made specifically for Pink Diamond, so. Okay. I'm yeah. just well, like, she wasn't pink, but she was pink in the dream. And I'm like, because if we're talking about, like, changes in appearance, then how come, like, Pearl was able to change from, like, well, theory? May I introduce you to the theory that the pink Pearl you saw in that dream sequence is actually white Pearl today? I mean, that could be. But I'm just saying, like, if that's the case, then why is it, how was she able to change her appearance when, like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna add value to, like, White Diamond being able to change her Pearl's appearance and her voice and everything, then we have to also acknowledge that Pink somehow was able to change her Pearl's appearance and not make her all pink. So we mm-hmm. have to acknowledge that okay, if one does it, then the other can do it, which means that's not as special of a ability. Yeah. Also, also like, I think there's still the open possibility that like, if this pink Pearl was the original pink diamonds Pearl, and then pink Pearl got turned into white Pearl, 
then our version of Pearl maybe was made purposefully not pink as to avoid the You comparison. lost me. You <laughs> there's, lost me. There's, there's, yeah. there's, too, there's too many you pearls in this me. show. Well, no, that's a lie. We, we, should, we, we only have like we four, all, so. Yeah, yeah, there's only four, and they're all great. I mean, five so. with Rodanite, so Rodanite's Pearl, so it's five. That's true, actually. But it, yeah, so we, we could always use more pearls, but at the same time, talking about all the different pearls <laughs> makes it a little more confusing. I just want them all to have like different like and not not change their names, but it'd be like I don't know, tell like have yellow pearl go by yellow or something. I don't know. Well, what if I call them by their uh, what if I call YP them by their initials? Yeah. yeah. So so look, PP is now no, WP. No, we're not doing PP. But... <laughs> we're not doing that. No, she's just uh-huh. Pearl. She's just Pearl. Just it, Pearl. It's just OP, Pearl. The original JP? P. Oh, OPA. Okay. <laughs> So what if OP? No, I, I'm gonna stop trying to explain this. It's <laughs> not working. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that that covers all of the comments that I've, I've gathered here today for Escapism Talk. Um, I, I don't know if, if you guys were able to watch the promo that aired after the episode. No, I unfortunately did not. Okay, well, we'll we'll keep you uh, pure, but um, <laughs> uh, for the for the most part, that has a lot of exciting stuff that will happen in two weeks. Uh, the Battle of Heart and Mind is the name of the event, I believe. Change Your Mind is the actual name of the episode, but that all that will happen on January twenty first uh, on Monday, about about a week and a half from now, and we at Overly Animated will be here to cover that probably as soon as that airs. So stay tuned to Overly Animated if you want to get immediate reactions to that. Uh, you can find out all the info on our podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. As we mentioned earlier, you can join us on Discord if you want to share with us your reactions to escapism or any other animated content we cover here at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. We would also appreciate any financial support you want to leave us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Sam, a.k.a. Suitcase Sam. Uh, when is Suitcase Sam showing up in Steven Universe again? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, thank you, Sam, for your patronage. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Stephen, Hugh. Uh, besides Steven Universe, in the meantime, uh, we have a uh, coverage of Ruby going on. We have, we might have some She-Ra coverage soon. Yeah, we, might, we will. We might Ooh. have, <laughs> uh, we might have some Miraculous Ladybug con- uh, conversation soon. Um, I'm trying to think of there are any major shows going on. January is, oh, Young Justice. Me- Young, yeah, young, yeah, young Justice exactly. is definitely going on. Um, if you want to eat stuff even edgier than Steven Universe, <laughs> white, white Pearl theories, then you got Young Justice over there. Uh, and so yeah, we, we cover a wide variety of shows here at Overly Animated. So even if Steven Universe ends up going on a long hiatus, like it usually does after events like these, we will still have a lot of other stuff to talk about and you'll have a lot of other shows to check out in the meantime. And we'll be here to talk about them and recommend them or let you know what we think about them. But yeah, uh, with with that, uh, we will be signing off. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you when the giant Steven Universe event happens in a couple of weeks. Adios. Bye. See you next time.